Shafted. The Dennis Palmer Murder. A True Story of Deceit and Corruption. Episode 1. I'm Nancy Palmer. I'm 89 years old and the mother of a murdered child. On August the 3rd, 1987, three men and a four-year-old little girl went into our son's property and killed him. One of the men stole his pickup, and we'll never know what else he took. They not only beat him, but then they shot him. And it was with that that we finally found out what really happened. My husband is Albert Palmer. He's 91 years old, and we've waited 34 years for something to happen, and so far nothing has. I'm Al Palmer, hoping that something can be done. Everybody tries, but nothing ever gets done because there's too much politicians in the world anymore. But uh, what I don't understand is one of the boys, Bob Allen, I just put it out because I don't care. I tell it how it is. Bob Allen, when my wife was talking, uh, that little girl saw them murder, beat him to death, and taking a pickup and rolled over him back and forth. And that, that's a witness right there, one way or the other. I don't care about the age. You wouldn't either if it was your son. And something should be done. The sheriff's department and stuff, we've gone 34 years, and it's all negative. So I hope that you people or whoever watching this uh, would give us some help. Thank you. On August the 3rd, 1987, Pam Underwood, Dennis's girlfriend, went to work that morning, and as she left, Dennis told her he was going to come to Alpine County, where we were living near the Nevada line, to visit us. I had broken my ankle, and he wanted to find out how I was doing. That night, Pam called and said, did Dennis leave to come home? I said, but Dennis wasn't here today. And she said, well, he said he was going to come when I left for work this morning. And he isn't here, and neither is his pickup. I said, well, Pam, as soon as you hear anything, let us know. The next morning, she called and said he still hadn't come home, and she was worried. So we began to call people that we knew to find out if they had seen Dennis. I even called the police in Hawaii to check his property to see if he had gone there, but he wasn't there. We called a friend, Eric, in San Francisco. He wasn't there. We called everyone we could think of, and no one had seen him or heard from him. That was the very beginning. And during that time, you sit and you think and you remember all of the things that have happened in the past. Like when he was five years old, we were living in Stockton and my sister Peggy would come by and pick him up to go over and spend the night. And this day she go, came over and he was sitting on the front porch, five years old, real sad. And she said, Dennis, what's wrong? And he said, I got in trouble again, and Mama, I would run away from home, but Mama won't let me cross the street. 
things like that are your memories. And the time that Stuart Merrill, the sheriff of Alpine County, took Eric, their son, and Dennis skiing. And that afternoon, we got a phone call saying Dennis had been hurt. So we immediately went to the Tahoe Hospital. They were waiting, couldn't x-ray until we got there. They x-rayed his leg, and it was badly broken, so they put a full leg cast on. And the doctor said, he'll wear this until it's healed, and then we'll take it off. Well, he wore it for two months. Then there was a time when we were living in Pine Grove. He had a dirt bike, and he used to ride the dirt trails in back of the house. And this one day, a deer stepped out in front of him, and he hit the deer and went down. And as the deer jumped up to leave, he hit the hoof of the deer, hit his leg, and, and tore the skin. So here he comes, limping in, blood running down his leg, and pushing the dirt bike, which was bent. We had to take him to Dr. Hobson in Sutter Creek because of the wound. And Dr. Hobson removed the tissue that was torn, but he had to take a piece of skin from Dennis's hip and sew over it. Gave him a tetanus shop and said, now let's watch this, make sure there's no infection. Then there was a time when we were living in Sutter Creek when he had a motorcycle. Was it a Kawasaki or a Kamaha? I don't remember. Anyway, he said, come on, Mom, let me give you a ride. So I got on the back of the motorcycle, holding on to him, and he did a wheelie all the way down that street with me, saying, oh, Dennis, I'm slipping, I'm slipping. And he said, hold on, Mom. Finally, he put the front wheel down, laughing. He said, now, wasn't that great? I realized that our son wasn't perfect. But who is? All we have now are memories, and he's not here to share them. We miss him every day and want to know what truly happened and why it happened. But we can't get any results from anyone. After we were contacted by Pam Underwood again, we decided that it was time to search. So everybody began searching along Highway 88, thinking maybe Dennis had had an accident on the way over to see us. So Al and his brother Don went into the canyon below Kirkwood Ski Resort and Carson Pass to see if his pickup was there. They saw lots of pickups and lots of cars, but not Dennis's. And they were there so late they had to spend the night. So the next morning, I called the helicopter company in Minden, Nevada, and asked them if they could do a search for Al and Don. So they flew over and they called me immediately and they said they saw Al and Don walking out towards Kirkwood, so they were okay. They didn't find Dennis's pickup because he hadn't had an accident. So all of his friends then began searching along Highway 88, which is the main highway between Jackson, Amador County, and Alpine County. No one could find Dennis, so the search continued, and no one could find him. This went on for days and days. 
Pam made up flyers and stood in the middle of Jackson and handed out flyers to people. And on that was a picture of Dennis's pickup and of Dennis so that people could search. One of the reasons <clears throat> that it was hard to find him was because the three men that had gone <clears throat> to his home to kill him had hid his body and nobody knew where. And once they found the pickup, which Pam and a friend were riding around and they saw Dennis's pickup with someone else driving it, they called the sheriff's department and once again, the sheriff's department drugged their feet and Pam had to convince them that it was Dennis's pickup. Finally, they realized that it was and she told them <clears throat> that whoever was driving the pickup had turned onto a dirt road that ended up over in Calaveras County. So the sheriff department in Calaveras County set up a roadblock on their side and the sheriff and the highway patrol set up one on the Amador County side. And not knowing that Nick Thomas was driving the pickup, he high centered the pickup on a rock and there was a young kid coming along on a dirt bike and he waved him down and asked if he could get a ride out so he could make a phone call to have someone come out and pull the pickup off of the rock. When they got to the end of the dirt road, here was the highway patrol and the sheriff's department standing with their guns and they told the kid to stop and the kid was scared to death because he didn't know what was going on. They immediately took Nick Thomas in to custody, arrested him for vehicle theft and took him into the jail in Jackson, but they wouldn't allow anyone to talk to him to find out where Dennis was. He had been on parole and only released from jail a few weeks before that. So he was returned to the prison outside Tracy, California to complete the rest of his sentencing. While he was in Tracy, he had a cellmate, and he told that cellmate everything that had happened. The cellmate then went to the head of the prison and told him that he had information. So they contacted Sheriff Campbell and Detective, what's the detective's name? Dave. Dave, Dave Comden and they went to Tracy to get an interview. <clears throat> the man that they talked to gave them every detail of what had happened, but the district attorney in Jackson wouldn't allow them to use it because he said he needed more information. But Sheriff Campbell came to our house and sat in our living room and told us everything that that man had told them. Nick Thomas had been walking along Highway 88 and Bob Allen and Vern Van Pell and Bob Allen's little four-year-old daughter stopped and gave Nick Thomas a ride. Once we started searching, everybody was looking. Nobody could find Dennis, but then they, we kept on and on and everyone was walking and looking and finally Marvin Moore and his son was walking down Middle Bar Road where the house was located and they were going 
on each side of the road and looking. And they came to this flat area and walked back there. And they saw what they thought was Dennis. He had his hand in the air and was covered in a canvas. So they immediately called Don, which is Al's brother. And Don came down right away and he said, yeah, that's it. So they called the sheriff's department. They came out and blocked everything off looking for evidence. And they took Dennis then to the Jackson Hospital for an autopsy. <clears throat> the doctor that was on duty was not the regular doctor. So he made a mistake. He said that he had a cr crushed neck and that's what had killed him. But when the regular doctor, that was the one that did the real autopsy, came, he said, no, that was wrong. So we had already had the funeral and buried Dennis in Fredericksburg Cemetery, Alpine County, California. And they exhumed his body and took him to San Francisco, where the well-known doctor did an autopsy and he said he had been shot two times. So they brought him back and reburied him in the cemetery, Fredericksburg Cemetery. It was hard, but we tried every way possible to get evidence, but nobody would come forward. Nobody would talk. Nobody would say anything. They were holding out for some reason. A lot of the relation was worked in the sheriff's department too. Bob Allen had sisters and relatives that were working in the sheriff's department. And every time something would come up, they would know all about it. They would tell him too. So here we are, we're stuck with nothing to go on. Just keep trying. And then we gave up, really, because nobody would do anything. I run a, a memorial every year in the paper to keep it in the public eye, to let people know that we still miss and love Dennis. And hopefully someday someone will come forward with some information. But until then, we sit and wait.